When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Born Yesterday, a new podcast experiment in which myself and Andy Barr Hello Have been cloning ourselves You bet your bottom dick we have, Alexander We've been cloning ourselves and then we've engaged in a little experiment Whereby those clones have 24 hours in which to familiarise themselves with three things Three things from the entirety of human experience And then we ask fantastic comedian guests to explain other things to them on the basis that they only have a very small amount of knowledge. Yeah. The small amount of knowledge that they have in this part of the experiment are that the clones, they are familiar with the game Buckaroo. Buckaroo! They have seen Faulty Towers. Faulty Towers. And they know what cobwebs are. Yep. Which I'm sure, uh, as when, when you hear the episode, you'll uh, realise are all the things that one really needs in order to build up a full picture of how the world all fits together. Andy, um, I mean, first off, did you have Buckaroo growing up? We did, yeah. We did. Um, I don't really remember any particularly um, thrilling uh, games of Buckaroo. I, I think, you know, all all times in which we played Buckaroo all kind of melt into one, really. <laughs> <laughs> Just a sort of series of flashes of a little yellow yeah. sombrero. Yeah, I do remember, though, that um, in Morrison's, uh, in in Folkestone, mm. they had uh, Morrison's own brand version of Buckaroo, uh, which is called Kangaroo. The principle was the same, but the object's different. Cork hat. Morrison's had own brand versions of copyrighted games. Yes, we didn't buy Kangaroo because we already had a version of Buckaroo at home, and that was, you know, that was the classic version, which you're more comfortable with. Um, you know, a, a quadruped. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas a kangaroo, you'd well, you do, I worry I... about how it's going to buck the stuff off. Or kang, how it's going to kang all the things off. <laughs> uh, what was your... Did you did you have the preferred um, games that you'd play as a family? Yeah. Uh, have you ever played Smuggle? 
No, I've never played Smuggle. Well, it's um, it's a game. Do you put things in your ass and try to get them out of the house. Yeah, yeah, you try to get them over the border. <laughs> um, it's a family game that we played coming home from Costa Rica. Yeah, well, it's um, it's a game in which you're kind of dealt um, cards. Some of them are normal things like mm-hmm. uh, your luggage. Uh, some of things are like, well, they didn't have drugs in it because it's okay. for it's for like you know six year olds, but they'd have uh, some undeclared money. Okay. Cuban cigars. Right. Uh, and the crown jewels. <laughs> so different scales of uh, crime. Yeah, but it also had um, a, a diplomatic bag. So if you um, if you had some contraband, but you had also been dealt the diplomatic bag, yes. you could claim diplomatic immunity. <laughs> okay. And, and, you know, get past the customs scot-free. Because you had a bag. Yeah. Although, thinking about it now, in my later years, mm. having uh, got a fair bit of experience under my belt. It must have been something for a something of a busman's holiday for my dad, as he was a customs officer. <laughs> that's, a, that's something I didn't know about your dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So your dad sat down with his family to play a board game version. Based around of, his job, yeah. Uh, um, I'd like to say he was shit at it, but he yeah. usually did know when we had the, you know, the crown jewels concealed in a wheel arch. Yeah, that's 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 incredible, really. Yeah. Um, that's funny because my dad uh, was a large tower made out of small wooden blocks. Uh, we didn't uh, tend to play many games in my family household. Um, mm. I played Monopoly once. My sister, she insisted that I cheated just because I built hotels on Mayfair and Park Lane. Well, it's cheating, really, isn't it? It's just playing the game well. Yeah, but um, in, you know, in the in the grand scheme of things. In life. In life, yes. Yeah. But on the board, these things are acceptable. Anything goes. Not anything goes on Within the board. Within a strict... <laughs> Within a strict format and set of rules. Yeah. Yes, anything goes if you're a little hat or a dog. Yeah, yeah, or an iron. Yeah. Um, in I re- used to play Risk quite a lot. Yeah, I, I know loads of people who played Risk. I've never yeah. played it. My strategy, uh, and I was absolutely convinced that this was the way forward... For maybe you know, a good twenty years until I played my niece recently, and um, she absolutely fucking thrashed the living crap out of me. <coughs> but I was convinced that you needed to hold Kamchatka, Kamchatka Peninsula, and he's gonna cough. <coughs> there it is. Yeah, Kamchatka Peninsula, and what on the old boards? And we did play with an old board in my household, and I've got to hold my hands up now and say, look, I acknowledge. That these places have changed their names since. Yes. Siam. You had to hold Siam as well, as that's the gateway to Australasia. <laughs> and it, it's, yeah, it's a, again, strategy, yeah. Europe, tension. It's yeah. a good premise for a game, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, uh, I'm getting more into sort of tabletop games now mm. as I get older. Yeah. I'm more interested because I've always liked games. Yeah. And I've spent some portion of my professional career creating some games. Would you call yourself an avid gamer? No. Okay. Um, my mother over the past few Christmases has tried to start a Christmas Scrabble yeah. tradition. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't like Scrabble. I don't think it's a particularly good game. Um, and I'm also bad at it. Right. Would you say that um, that is probably chief amongst your peeves when it comes to Scrabble? 
No, I think there's loads of way more interesting games. My struggle with Scrabble is that um, Scrabble is one of those games where you're kind of people associate it with their intellectual capability. Yes. Um, and I think, if mm-hmm. I were to posit a theory here, yes, that your intellectual incapability mm-hmm. has led to you being something of a sourpuss about the great game of Scrabble. And that you're projecting your own inadequacies onto the format. Uh, the, the format is fine. The format is not flawed. It's just not great, you know. Okay. Um, I just find it irritating. Because mm, you're sticking down words like cat. It's the one area of my life in which... Mum's coming out. Turning super into superfluous, and you're just <laughs> <laughs> you're trying to get rid of an e because you can't think of any words with an e. Overestimating my family there. Um, it annoys me because in all other aspects of my life, people comment on my vocabulary in a positive way, mm. and then Scrabble comes along and just shows me that yeah. it's seven letters. You can't do anything with your prick. Yeah. So if you know, do you think your your whole opinion of the game would have would have been altered? And perhaps the direction of your life changed mm. uh, if somebody had just patted you on the head during a game and pointed out what a special little boy you are. <laughs> I think if um, growing up uh, anyone had done that more, then mm. yes, my trajectory would have been different. Um, but uh, seen faulty towers. <laughs> <laughs> the main reason I find. Scrabble frustrating is that I have to play it with my family right. and my sister uh, kept trying to play the word queef last year and you wouldn't let her no okay fair enough I was annoyed that moo is apparently in the dictionary of course it is Sound... that's what a cow says yeah but it's not it shouldn't be in the dictionary can, well look you can't fucking hell your anthrocentrism here, Alexander, <laughs> is just beyond the pale. How can you look at entire species? They've only got one word to their fucking name, and you are trying to take that out of the dictionary. Yes, because the English language is words that form part of human sentences. Hell, I wouldn't be surprised to see you on one of the fucking boats in the channel. Well, if there were cows <laughs> coming over from France saying, put our words in your dictionary... But no, that's that, they wouldn't be able to say that. No, they wouldn't because okay, they'd be French moo. and they'd say French words instead yeah. or moo. And I would yeah. say no to the depth, and then I would charge their boats. And have you seen Faulty Towers? I've <laughs> no, not finished. Oh god! <laughs> I would build a fence around the UK to stop these. Well, French you don't cows. need to build a fence. You just put a fucking cattle grid down, and they can't get. That's a good it. idea, Andy. Thank you. Oh god. And the detention centres could have two uses. Oh, dear. That's... Have you seen Faulty Towers? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've seen Faulty yeah, Towers. Very good. Yeah. What do you make of it? Um, I like the Major's opinions. Faulty <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, uh, Towers is good. It's aged a bit. Mm. Um, As so many things have. Yeah, but I, I still think that the kind of you know when it's in full kind of fast mode, it's yeah. it's still pretty bloody good. Um, Here's a link to the third thing. <laughs> um, 
Faulty Towers. I went to a, I went to a grammar school, as, as people on the regular listeners may know from previous intros. And uh, the one thing that many of the boys and some of the fustier older teachers would be able to, the ones with cobwebs on them. <laughs> uh, Mr. Mister Hyde, the sort of guy that you think um, only ever really, you know, moves when he has to come into school. The rest of the time he, he just returns home, mm. he sits down, he gets a bottle, yeah. he opens the bottle and then just lets the spiders do their work. Right. Sits there over a weekend, then gets up, dusts himself off, comes in. But anyway, the boys and, the, and those teachers tended to agree that Faulty Town was the best thing they'd ever seen. Yeah. Loved it. I mean, I like it a lot. I think it's great. And sort of part of my formative years, you know, really watching John Cleese's performances and really enjoying them. Mm. Still performing today. Yeah. Yes, he is. Are you afraid of spiders? Uh, I'd like to say no. Uh, But unfortunately, if uh, I'm being pressed for the truth, I have to say... Yes, don't really like them at all. It's so you're not one to pick them up and chuck them out the nope. window. Good lord, no. Right. So what do you? So I'm not afraid of spiders. Yeah. Okay. So how do you cope if one's in your house? Nobody's going to like me for this, oh, but man. I'm not here to be liked. <laughs> I'm here to podcast. Uh, if there's one in my house of a oh, of of a you know, a size large enough for me to, you know, get really shit up by it. Oh, dear. I ain't going to rest until that's a barely visible anymore. Well, and I was looked down upon for trying to get rid of some fictional French cows. Yeah, you know, people are multifaceted. Yeah, they, they certainly are. That's becoming, in different ways. That's becoming very apparent to yeah. me. Uh, you know, I, I'm not proud of it, but you know, it it turns into this um, sort of primal, uh, primal reaction. Yeah, I think that's very. I've I've had mice in my house recently. Mm. Sound like mice? And I haven't killed any, but and I'm not afraid of mice. But yeah. it's a very like you become alert. Like I can't sleep with them in the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's not. It's it, yeah. It's a very primal bit of you that goes ah that yeah, thing like shouldn't be a, yeah. yeah. Same with the chaos. Yeah. What's the biggest spider you've ever seen? Um, I think it would have to be in the film Eight-Legged Freaks. Good film. I like it. They're huge. Freaks. Yeah. They are massive. <laughs> yeah, that's sort of the premise of the picture. Before that came out, Arachnophobia. Yeah. <laughs> Before that? Uh, just one in the house. Okay. Well, obviously, you know, that's quite some time ago. So, you know, prior to 1995, just, you know, one of the common or garden, uh, you know, little little ones scuttling around in the living room. Yeah. Have you ever seen the film Them? No. Uh, it's about giant ants. It's a 50s American sci-fi. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, it's hilarious, you know, speaking of things ageing, because it's clearly somebody's strapped a big styrofoam ant to a wheelbarrow and just shoves it in the, through the scenery. Mm-hmm. And um, I was uh, Googling uh, about the making of them, and it won an Oscar for special effects, which is pretty damn good. Uh, yeah. The biggest spiders I've ever seen yeah. uh, are when I went to Australia. Yeah, that would be where you get them. Yeah, and uh, saw them in various zoos and things. And uh, I remember um, the one thing we were told when we got to Australia 
because you know we were frightened English people asking mm. about this great country. Yeah, and they said just don't walk under any of the trees. Is just a good rule of thumb in Australia. Don't walk under any of the trees. Oh, I don't. So that's making me shudder just thinking about it. Mm. And we were in because uh, that's shade. You need to go in shade in Australia. In it's Australia, too hot. yeah. And we were uh, in Steve Irwin's zoo in Australia. Uh, was he still amongst the living then? Yes. Wonderful. I think so. What an experience. Yes. And um, my father walked under a tree Mm. and then suddenly freaked out in a way that my father wasn't given to. Right. And started brushing all over his body. And when we had calmed him down, he said, a massive stick insect just landed on me. Right. And we sort of calmed him down. Yeah. And as we were walking away, about two or three minutes later, he sort of quietly said to himself, could have been a stick. <laughs> yeah. Our two fantastic guests in this episode are Richard Todd and Ed Knight, both brilliant comedians. Catch them wherever you can. Uh, Ed Knight, who is at underscore Ed Knight on Twitter, uh, has a podcast himself with... Um, fellow Born Yesterday guest Sunil Patel. Yeah, uh, it's called Slime Country. You can find it wherever you find your podcasts. Huge Davis is on that as well. Yep, um, hasn't been on the pod though uh, yet. Yet, um, but you can find Ed uh, performing all over the country. Find him online. He's a very, very funny man. Yeah. Walk under a tree in London, he might drop on you. Certainly will. You never know. Uh, and you can find a Richard Todd also performing around town uh by and by the town i mean london town uh, although he may perform outside of london town as well his website is richardtoddcomedy.com and uh there is a limited information about the gigs that he is performing over the next couple of months on there but um yeah, you might get lucky please leave us a five-star review wherever you are listening to this podcast follow us on social media Tell people about the show, for Please God's do. sake, and send us some fan art. Send us some fan art, and I would um, just add one other uh, method of offering feedback. Um, if you uh, don't feel like leaving a review online, s- scroll a review uh, in public on a mm. on a bench or uh, you know on the side of a building, on a loved one's face. Yeah, get it. Get a get a review tattooed on yourself. Yeah, let's get on with the episode. Yeah, let's do that. Richard Todd and Ed Knight, thank mm. you very much for agreeing to explain a few things to us today. Thanks for having us. It's a pleasure. Um, myself and Andy have only existed for a very brief period of time. Mm. Uh, but within that period of time, we have come to learn something of the following three things. Mm. Buckaroo. Uh-huh. Faulty towers. <laughs> cobwebs. Okay. These things we have a rudimentary understanding of. Uh-huh. Um, Ed. Yes. We want to learn more about um, some of the people that have existed. Um, in one minute, uh-huh. could you please explain to me who Johnny English is? Your time starts now. 
Johnny English is, um, you know, Manuel from Forty Towers. Yes. Think of him mm-hmm. as Johnny Spanish. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you can imagine, I don't know if you know what English. Uh, so Basil Forty is English. Basil Forty is English. You can tell because uh, he's immensely uptight, very, very guarded of his small sort of uh, protectorate. So that's what uh, and immensely racist establishes somebody as English. Is, yes. Is those so if you can imagine what what defines somebody as Spanish, uh, sort of um, they, they do a so you know Forty Towers mm-hmm. they've got a hotel where people sleep in. Okay. Right, so sleeping is something you, where you close your eyes. Yeah. And Spanish people do that for an hour in the afternoon. Okay. That's what makes them Spanish. So if you take Johnny, imagine Johnny English. Imagine if you take um, a character called called Mr. Bean, who's not unlike Basil Forty. He's English, so therefore protective and racist. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They won't even let him speak in his own TV show because he's so racist. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Thank you very much, Ed. Yeah, um, in, uh, in that time, uh, you have explained to me uh, that John English is a sort of parallel to Manuel from Faulty Towers. Exactly. Um, so presumably... He is a racist waiter. Actually, not that's far off. Yeah. Good. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Okay. Richard. Yeah. Uh, in one minute, uh, please could you explain to me who Richard Attenborough is? Your time starts now. Do you know the Buckaroo? Yes. Yep. yep. Intimately the familiar. The creature in Buckaroo is a donkey. Mm-hmm. Right. If you imagine. A man describing the activities within Buckaroo. Right. For example, the donkey is getting loaded with objects. Okay. So it's a man describing what's happening during Buckaroo. Richard Attenborough. But you have to imagine that the creature in Buckaroo is um, alive, like Basil Fawlty. <laughs> okay, so it's racist. <laughs> it could be. It's a, um, they all... Ha- the creatures in David Attenborough will describe the creatures of the world. Yes, but Richard Attenborough. Is he the man who invented Jurassic Park? You tell us. What's Jurassic Park? Oh, imagine. Ah, oh. three seconds. <laughs> Thank, yeah. you, Richard. Thank you, Richard. Thank you, Richard. Andy, would you like to sum up what Richard's just told us there? So uh, I'm given to understand that. Uh, David Attenborough is uh, somebody who <laughs> describes uh, the loading of a donkey. Um, however, precious little information has been re- revealed uh, with regard to who Richard Attenborough was, aside from he's... In some way related to Jurassic Park, whatever that is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Richard. Thank you, Richard. Thank you. Um, myself and Andy... Mm-hmm. have only existed in this place mm-hmm. and we are keen to learn more about more places uh-huh. Ed yeah. in two minutes yes. could you explain to me what the Vatican is your time starting now <sighs> um, uh, can I ask you a question you have the rudimentary knowledge of cobwebs yes yeah. but do you, does that extend to sort of knowing where you might find cobwebs, how cobwebs are formed, or corners, just what they are. Corners. Old corners. Old corners. And, and we, we're aware that the purpose of them is uh, for spiders to catch flies. Well, again, not far off 
with the Vatican. If you imagine that the flies are sort of like small boys <laughs> and uh, okay. the spiders are these sort of old fellas in there. Right. So, so the Vatican is a large cobweb that old fellas use. Yes. To trap small boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Across the world, like a, like an imaginary cobweb, right? That extends through people's hearts and minds. What they'll do is they make you have children. They'll load up Catholic families. The priests will go door to door. What Cat- are Catholics? Catholics are kind of like the spiders club, spider club. So you Catholic these, spider club. Yeah, the, these spiders from the Vatican will go door to door to Catholic families and say that you better not have, um, you better not have protected sex because we need more soldiers in the spider club and then they'll load up these families with children like buckaroo until they can't Ed, stands no more huh? what's sex sex is um sort of like uh what was the third one that you said faulty towers right uh we know about buckaroo faulty towers and cobwebs what's the name of basil faulty's wife and sybil sybil faulty yes yeah. so basil and sybil um if you imagine uh sybil getting undressed Let's imagine that now. If you imagine Sybil getting undressed and Basil getting undressed, what mm-hmm. will happen is... Is Basil being racist while this is happening? Uh, almost certainly John Cleese would have been. So what they'll do is they'll go to the dining area of Forty Towers and they'll sweep all the, the crockery off the table and mm-hmm. Sybil or Basil will sort of sit on it and the other one will sit on top of them. And that's what <laughs> sex is. Thank you, Thank you very <laughs> much, Ed. Manuel watch it. <laughs> Thank you very much, Ed. Okay. So in that time... You have taught us that the Vatican is a large imaginary web mm. that old men who belong to a spider club <laughs> and yeah. spider club is defined by telling people not to be protected when they sweep everything off a dining table and sit on it. On each other. And on, on each other. Yeah. To join Spider Club, you have to go door to door telling people not to do that. Mm-hmm. And once you gain entry to Spider Club, uh, you get to eat little boys. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Ed. Great. Super. Thank you so much. Um, Richard. Yeah. <laughs> See if I can get that do better this time. We appreciate all the information. Yeah, it's all, it's all... I mean, it's, <laughs> it, it, it wasn't necessarily relevant to what was asked, but it was information that we didn't have previously, so it's all, we're, we're, it's all we're helpful. We're trying to learn. We're open to learning. Yeah. Um, uh, with that in mind, would you be able to uh, tell me in, in two minutes what uh, an escape room is? Your, yes. Your two minutes start now. All right. In Faulty Towers, mm-hmm. the guests often do not like to be there. Mm-hmm. Yes. So... They have to solve a puzzle over time. The puzzle is often set by Basil Faulty. Now, hold on a minute. What? I don't recall Basil ever setting a puzzle. The puzzle is is quite abstract. Okay. okay. It's a situation. Mm-hmm. Right. In an escape room, you'll get a situation, like often you'll get in Basil Faulty, like when he doesn't have a lentil over the door, or lintel, what's it called? Lentil, lentil. Yeah. <laughs> Not a lentil, I don't think. Lentil over the door. Oh, when he's trying to make Waldorf salad. Okay. These are conundrums that he must solve. Okay. An escape room is like that. Yes. Like saying someone saying, make a Waldorf salad. Right. And I won't let you out until you sort do. Okay. So an escape room is a place in which... You don't have a lentil and then you have to get one. Exactly. Or yeah. someone tells you to make a salad. Or alternatively, if you wanted in a different format, imagine you were a fly. 
Yes. In right. a web. Yes. Okay. Or a boy. And there's a little spider, or a boy, a Catholic boy in a web. Okay. And there's a big spider coming towards you with his little pope's hat on. Okay. <laughs> what what conditions would the the boy or the or the fly have to satisfy in order for the spider for or the or the priest to let them out? A Waldorf salad. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> so when when the members of the Spider Club go around telling people not to use protection, is the protection a Waldorf salad? <laughs> I mean, it could it could carry favour and gain you a bit of leeway. Okay. What's leeway? Do you know Lee is a name? Yes. And he has a certain way of doing things. And okay. his choices would be described as Lee with Lee's way. Thank you. Thank you, yeah. Richard. Thank you, Richard. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, so... Uh, my conception of an escape room now uh, is that it is a, a, a place where a a situation <laughs> is posed, and you have to satisfy the conditions of that situation in order for either Basil Faulty or um, a priest or a spider to permit you a spider wearing a hat wearing a hat. To permit you to to exit that situation, and that may be uh, acquiring a lentil or uh, constructing a Waldorf salad. Thank you, Richard. It's actually, no, that's pretty good. I thought that was all right. It's a place where a situation happens, a tricky yeah. situation. Yeah, and, and we appreciate all the information. We really, really do. Mm. Um, one area uh-huh. of human experience uh, that myself and Andy are particularly keen to learn more about. Uh-huh. Um, is creativity mm. and, and art. Art. Um, Ed. Yes. In three minutes, yeah. could you explain to me what Donkey Kong is? Your time starts now. Uh, yes. So, obviously, you guys know what a donkey is from Buckaroo. Yeah. 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 So, um, there is something called a gorilla, which is, if you imagine, uh, Basil Forty. Okay. Yeah. Crossed with a spider. Right, but with only four appendages, okay, five appendages, and a head. Um, and what will happen? You run if it's us a through boy, the appendages. Uh, cock. <laughs> 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 um, arms and legs. Easy, easy, is So he's got four appendages. One of them's a cock, <laughs> and the others are a, a sort of a, a, an assortment of arms and legs. And what will happen is this guy. He's basically well, that's, is that a, that's a gorilla. That's a gorilla, right? It's like an, a man. It's like a man, but hairier, bigger, more muscles, right? And but you, you said it was like Basil Faulty. Yeah, because spider. he's angry. And a spider. Because he's angry. Well, we're, de- we're he have... developing a scale here. And because, because he's there's... trapped a woman, so that's why he's like a spider. So it... But we're developing a scale here. Does it's... he have a spider's anger or Basil uh, am I the person? Or... Am I the person who's explaining this? Do you use clones explaining it to me? We're I'm, trying I'm to a, understand. I'm a Donkey which, Kong which, expert. I'm an actual, actual Donkey well, Kong Well, I think expert. your explanation has thrown up many questions right, here. Right, so imagine a donkey. The... Donkeys are stupid, right? That's why he keeps kicking all his luggage off. It's like you need that for your holiday, for wherever you're going to go. This donkey doesn't know that he needs all his luggage and his hat or whatever. I just want to establish how similar a gorilla is to Basil Fawlty. Incredibly a, a, similar. And a spider. From an evolutionary perspective. And a okay. But then also Basil Fawlty is quite similar to a banana. I think we share 99% of our DNA with a banana. Which you well know is Donkey yeah. Kong's favourite food. Bananas, not DNA. Anyway, 
Donkey Kong's an angry Basil Forty, and he throws barrels. How racist is he? Um, I don't think so. Not in any of the video games in which he's appeared, which is kind of like Buckaroo, but abstract. Um, An abstract Buckaroo. Yeah, abstract Buckaroo. Um, Basically, uh, similar kind of input-output. He's called Donkey Kong because donkeys are stupid, and Kong means like King Kong monkey. And so his name means stupid monkey, and he throws barrels at this guy. Now, there's a place called Italy, which is sort of like Spain, where Manuel is from. Okay. Mm. So if you imagine Spain, but a little bit, it's like a bit, a bit further, a tiny bit further west and down, I think. So you know how Manuel has a foot? Imagine a country that looks like that, which has millions of Manuels inside it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's, yeah. it's jam-packed full of Manuels. jam-packed full of Manuels. And in 1888, I believe, they all clubbed together to become a kingdom of Manuels for the okay. first time. Anyway, so there's this guy called Mario. Right. Who's uh, like a plumber who's having a fight with this big monkey called Donkey Kong? How many appendages does Mario have? Um, I there's uh, four. And what are they? Uh, uh, two arms, two legs. Thanks. Five moustache as well. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Ed. Thank you very much, Thank you Ed. So, much. Um, so, in that time, we have learnt that Donkey Kong is. A gorilla, which is sort of a cross between Basil Fawlty and a spider. Mm. <laughs> and he throws barrels at someone who is from a nation of Manuel's. Let's see. To the west of Spain. To the west of Spain. Um, but East. Sorry, but, my bad. But this can't be construed as a racist act. Uh, because Donkey Kong in his video games has not displayed that aspect of himself. As far as we know, he's not throwing barrels at Mario because he's Italian. Would you like to venture very briefly a reason why you think he is throwing those barrels? Well, he he's kidnapped Mario's lady love, and he Mario's trying to get him back, but he doesn't want to give her back, I think. So he's throwing barrels at Mario. Okay. And very briefly, what's racism? Uh, <laughs> okay, well, racism is the... Uh, um, racism very briefly. Quite very briefly. Yeah. Very briefly. It's, when, it's, it's either structure, structurally or individually uh, uh, being prejudiced against somebody because of their race. And it, it, their race meaning if they come from a place of many Manuels? Yeah, if you imagine lots of different types of Manuels all across the... So, so well, like, sort of, Manuel is white, I think. Wow. And that's a race. You guys are white. Okay. That's a race. Cool. Any new information is good information. Yes, mm. thank you. Thank you. In three minutes. Yes. I would love for you to tell me... Uh, who or what uh, the Mr. Men are. Uh, Your time starts now. All right. Do you, Basil Fawlty is tall. Do you know that? Yeah. All right. Yep. He's longer than the others. Well, imagine yep. everything else about Basil Fawlty. The moustache. The racism. The racism was removed and he was just left as a height. 
<laughs> that is then he would become Mr. So so, so he <laughs> remains but as a as a being defined only by his height. By, by height. His, mm. And Sans mustache. Sans mustache, Does sans he, racism. Without his name? No just the descriptive word of his height. Is he Tall. still married? Tall. He has no genitals. <laughs> <laughs> So he's he's lost his appendages. He's lost one of his appendages. He still has the other four. And he also has a pair of very big brogues. What are brogues? I thought you'd ask. Um, brogues are... Do you know the donkey in Buckaroo? Yeah. Yes. Imagine him hollowed out. Right. And the man's feet put in... And just the torso, head and... Appendages lopped uh, off. No man wells in there. No man wells. But basically, does just, David Attenborough describe this? Is it happening? Uh, <laughs> he'd love to. The, um, I just like shrink that torso down. A donkey torso, yeah, shrunk, shrunk down, mm. and imagine Basil Fawlty's Mister Tall's feet in them. Okay, so Basil Fawlty's changed his name. He's now Mister Tall. He's just so a tall. He's, now he's just named, a height. But he's defined by. <laughs> He's defined not by what he's lost, but by what he has retained. Yeah, his height. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so, now, so this is one Mr. Man. Oh, so, so, right? so just, right. just so we know where we are now, we, we've got a completely featureless Basil Fawlty next to the torso of a donkey. Arms, legs, no willy. Uh, no, he's wearing the donkey on each feet. <laughs> oh, so we, The so, donkey shrunk down creates a shoe. Do you know what a shoe is? No. It's like a rug. Okay. Imagine the. Uh, do you know what? It, do you know what Italy looks like? Yeah. Uh, oh y- yes. Yes. Ed yeah, made yeah, reference yeah. earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, imagine mouth. a man wearing Italy on each foot. Right. <laughs> okay. But right. is is the uh, uh I w- Italy? Um, Ed suggested that it was created in eighteen something or other. Eighteen eighty eight. The kingdom of, of Italy. I believe. The kingdom of. Yeah. Is it is it created via the shrinking of a donkey? Is that <laughs> a hollowed out donkey? Is how that d- the only way in which a shoe can be brought into being? How do the Manuels get inside? Italy creates do create very nice shoes. Renowned for it. Well, Manuel is a hard worker. Yeah. Um, trying to get his wife back. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you, Richard. <laughs> Andy, would you like to sum up what Richard just said? So, um, the Mr. Men are primarily uh, (laughs) defined by the most important one of them, Mr. Tall, who is um, Basil Fawlty, who has uh, (laughs) had all of his defining characteristics besides his height removed from him uh, for for the addition of solely a pair of shoes. (laughs) Um, which are constructed via the shrinkage of a hollowed-out donkey. It's unclear <laughs> who does this. Italians may be involved. Um, there are other Mr. Men. However, their defining characteristics are as yet a mystery to us. Thank you, Richard. Mystery men. I, I do feel the shoes waylaid me. But it's, all, it's all helpful. All information, yeah. isn't it? It's, it's, all, it's all useful. Thank you. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. 
Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We are keen, having only existed for a brief period of time, yeah. to learn more about things that happened before myself and Andy existed. Yes. Get closer to the microphone, please, Ed. Of course. Whatever that means. Um, Ed, in three minutes, mm-hmm. could you please explain to me the circumstances surrounding Noah's Ark? Your three minutes start now. Okay. I want you to imagine, instead of putting objects on a donkey, mm-hmm. if you had to put donkeys... On an object. Sort of reverse buckaroo. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so you know I said about the spider club earlier? Yeah. Yes. What if the, 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 the boss spider is sort of omnipresent and conceptual? Does this spider have a name? Uh, he just is. Okay. You know, he just is. So he's a spider that's everywhere. He was, he is, and he ever shall be. He tells Basil and Sybil Faulty from the olden days. Noah and his wife, Sybil. They have to... This Basil Faulty has all of his qualities intact. Yes. Okay. Almost exactly the same, believe it or not, except 800 years old. Um, Basically, this big uh, god, his name is, this big spider... Big omnipresent spider. He basically gets fed up with. Also, again, a lot like Basil Fault. He kind of gets fed up with everybody on Earth and says, "I'm just going to flood um, the whole Earth. I'm going to mm. take all the water, all the water from the rain, 
I'm sure there have been episodes of Forty Towers where it's rained, so some, you'll know what that or, is. Or where there's been some sort of plumbing incident. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, going, so God wants rid of the Manuels. He wants rid mm. of everybody, yeah, okay. every single person. Every single person that was ever in an episode of Forty, he wants to kill all of them. He says, I'm fed up. So he says, Cribbins. Yeah, Cribbins, he's, uh, he's dead already. But imagine if he was alive, like he was in Forty Towers. And I'm, I'm now imagine him drowning. <laughs> 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 imagine him drowning for me. <laughs> so God, God says, I'm, I'm, out, "I'm out enough with all this." He says, "Basil, <laughs> Basil, I want you to build a big boat, which is like a hotel, except it can, <laughs> except it can float, right? A floating hotel." Yeah, mm. he says, "I want you to build a build a boat. I want you to go around Earth." I want you to get all the donkeys and spiders, one of each. He says, I want you to get a boy one and a girl one, right? Of every donkey, every donkey, every spider, and every other animal there is. I want you to put them on this boat and fuck the rest. How many other animals are there? God, there's got to be hundreds. Could you name some? Yeah, lion, tiger, bear. What's a lion? Huh? What's a lion? Um... I saw about uh, about like twenty dog. stone, twenty five stone, uh, big hairy mm-hmm. uh, gorillas. We've already mentioned them. We got some of them. Yep. yep. Um, Thank you. Thank you, Ben. Is that five yep. minutes? Really? Three minutes. Three oh, minutes. Um, we do hope that was enough time. Um, in that three minutes, you've explained to me that <laughs> God was really sick of all the people. Mm. Uh, and that God is a, an enormous spider that, that is everywhere. God is an enormous spider that is everywhere. And the enormous spider said to an 800-year-old Basil Faulty, make a floating hotel so I can drown Bernard Cribbins. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Ed. Thank you so much. Richard. Yeah. Yes. Please could you explain to me the English Civil War? Uh, you have three minutes. Your time starts now. All right. You know the Mr. Man. Mr. Tall. Yes. Featureless. Yeah. But tall. Anyway, you know, he's got his head would be described as round. So he's still got that. He's got his head. Anyway, round head. Round head. He's got a round head. And the round heads um, had believed it. And there's the round heads and the cavaliers. Okay. Okay. Don't say what's a cavalier. What type of Mr. Men is a cavalier? Yeah. All right. Yes. Good. All right. One of the Miss. Ah, oh, which ones? Tell me, Ed. I'm asking mm. Ed this. Which ones of Roundheads were? Some of them were believed in religion in a more ornate manner, and some of them preferred it to be puritanical. Yes. Don't listen to this. That was the Roundheads that were the more puritanical. All right. I think. Let's go. I think. All right. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Right. So the Roundheads. Yes. Like, if you imagine God, the big spider. That's everywhere. Okay. Yeah. The roundheads like to believe God, the big spider. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was more like um, Polly in Faulty Towers. <laughs> yeah. Like, right. kind of just got things done. Got things done. She was like, not. Whereas the Cavaliers like to imagine God was like Basil, like Big Shaw. A big shore, put right. on a big shore. Okay. So imagine that, and because they had different ideas of what the big spider should be, yeah, start fighting. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you got a bunch of 
<laughs> Pollies. Right. <laughs> Fighting. Fighting yeah. a bunch of bezels. Yeah. yeah. And they have different ideas. Of what the big spider should be. About yeah. the personality. It should either the, be the, the big, big spider. spider. It should yeah. get things done or it should create a big show. Yeah. And, um... Af- and I don't... I'm not entirely... Some of them like burning did- witches. Oh, shit. What's a witch? What's a witch, yeah. Uh, um, you know, um, Sybil? Yes. Just imagine her. <laughs> yeah, imagine Sybil burning to death, I'm yeah. okay. So, Sybil Faulty, like, um, a-, a woman with a clear idea of how things should be. And that's a witch? Well, it was thought of in those days because okay. the, yeah. the mm. men... Yes. Not the men are basils. The basils, basils. and the, the, basils. the basils and the five appendages. Polys. You know. Yeah. 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 The five appendages. Um, they didn't like people telling them what to do. Now in Faulty Towers, mm. he just had to tolerate it, like the women. He had to tolerate what to Sybil. Do. Yeah, but back in the past, during you could put them on a fire. <laughs> Do you think that was the right thing to do? <laughs> no. Okay. Thank you, Richard. Your time is up. <laughs> Andy, could you uh, could you please sum up what's been said there? So, um, the English Civil War was. Uh, <laughs> I believe I've extrapolated from that a conflict between um, two groups of people. Um, who had differing conceptions of how the gigantic spider we know as God should behave. Um, uh, One group, the roundheads, felt that the spider should be um, efficient. Yes. Uh, And the other group, the cavaliers, felt that the spider should be more like Basil Fawlty and create a big show. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. and uh, one group, as yet uh, undefined, also had a passion for burning uh, Sibyls. Sibyls. <laughs> it might have been both groups. Mm. Uh, yeah. I don't know. As, as some form of, of, of recourse for um, their bossiness. Des- yes. Yeah. And in, 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 Decisiveness. In terms of the, the sort of um, the, the timing of these events... We can assume that Faulty Towers is set in a period where Basil no longer has the ability to set Sybil on fire. <laughs> this is true, yes. Okay. But hasn't yeah. hasn't yet lost his cock to become Mr. Tall. No. Yeah. <laughs> in the Faulty Towers dining experience, he does set Sybil on fire. It's possible that um, Faulty Towers is an escape room and setting Sybil on fire is the task he needs to perform to be let out. Perhaps, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think we're getting somewhere, but I don't know if we want to be there. <laughs> no. All information is useful. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps part of the key part of the journey is discovering whether you like the eventual destination or not. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> There are too many things to learn about to put them all mm. into neat categorization. Yes. So we're going to throw some relatively random things at you. Sure. Um, Ed. Yeah. In three minutes, could you please tell me what flubber is your time starts now? 
<clears throat> well, uh, if you imagine, um, imagine Basil Fawlty. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've imagined him a lot so far. <laughs> if you keep imagining, imagine a guy that's like him, except instead of frowning, he's sort of smiling. <laughs> A smiling Basil Fawlty. Smiling, ba- smiling, happy Basil Fawlty. Okay. Which we've seen in Fawlty Towers. But sad on the inside, mm. apparently. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's a Basil with, the appear- with a happy yeah. appearance. At the time, maybe mm. 20 years ago, you would have just thought he was happy. But now, mm-hmm. if you were to watch this this imaginary happy Basil Fawlty, it would be irrevocably tinged with sadness. Is there, do you think there's some sort of mirroring going on here where if you were to turn the original Basil Fawlty inside out, he would become the figure that we're imagining? No, he'd become dead bones and, and guts if you turned him inside out. Okay. Um, Thank you for clarifying. Speaking of guts... What are bones? Uh, all right, there's this game that's called Operation. It's a bit like Buckaroo, except you're putting stuff in, taking stuff out of the donkey's body. To make shoes. To make shoes, oh. yeah. So I want you to find. Are there any Manuels in there? Man. No Manuels in the donkey, no. But okay. there's, imagine a little. Imagine Manuel was green and <laughs> tiny, and his name was Flubber, and he was bouncing around everywhere. <laughs> That's what Flubber is. Imagine a happy Basil Fawlty and a tiny green man, Manuel that won't stop fucking flying around. And that's a film called Rubber. Um, so Flubber, okay. Flubber, yeah. So, so there's a smiley Basil who sat on the inside yeah, and yeah. he's got tiny yeah. green Manuel who flies around. Yeah, and, he doesn't, even... and he doesn't have any bones. <laughs> yeah, a tiny green Manuel with no bones who flies and around. And no appendages. No appendages, yeah. Okay, well that's... Could, could Flubber still be said to be Spanish or has <laughs> or he Italian? been bereft of that quality? <laughs> no, I don't think Flubber is of uh, any kind of... Uh, is it possible to be racist towards Flubber? I don't think so. How no, I think to, 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 to even suggest that you guys are clowns, you know, to even to, to, to suggest that is to, to um, hugely downplay the severity of racism, to suggest that Flubber could be, you could be racist to Flubber, because I don't believe Flubber is a race. Thank you for rescuing us from that pitfall. That's okay. How do you think uh, that, uh, if, you, if I could draw you to speculate, how do you think Donkey Kong would behave towards Flubber? Um... I think what he'd do is he'd uh, throw barrels at it slowly at first, and uh, in 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 six seconds, what do the basil and the flubber get up to? Uh, thank you. I've never actually thank seen you very it. Much. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. Um, Ed, in that time, you've explained that flubber was some sort of situation. Where there was a very happy Basil, who were he to be turned inside out, you wouldn't find bones, you would find sadness. <laughs> and he interacted in some way uh, with a tiny green Manuel, whose main activity was flying all over the place. And had no bones. Also didn't have bones. And, and also did not have bones. Yeah. And... Was had had no race. Hmm. <laughs> Richard. Yeah. Uh, in three minutes, could you please tell me what a Rubik's cube is? Your time starts now. All right. Yeah. All right. Do you, 
I feel like we've used this a lot, but do you know Faulty Towers? <laughs> it, it's good to use it a lot because it's one of the things that me and Andy yeah, do now, then. Yeah. Well, you know, Faulty Towers, the hotel mm. is divided into there's lots of rooms in the hotel. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, imagine, rooms. not escape rooms. Oh, but we did suggest that earlier on. But imagine um, someone came over, a, a god, a big giant spider. A okay. massive spider comes to Faulty Towers. moved all the rooms around. So like <laughs> okay. room number one was where room number 10 should be. And room number nine was where room number 30 should be. Mm-hmm. Like, Do you, he mixed all the rooms up. That a god that would behave in this way would be more in line with the Cavaliers or the Roundheads conception. <laughs> N- neither. How he- do Polly and Basil feel about this when this happens? They're they're annoyed, but they know they can put it correct. They can know they can correct it. It's just another day at Faulty Towers. It's, just, it's, another, day. I mean? it's another day at the Towers, right? Um, this isn't uh, like this is more a playful god like Flubber. <laughs> so Flubber is a god. <laughs> There's a tiny green Manuel who is also everywhere all at once. Yeah. Well, Does he ever come into conflict with the spider? In about 2001, 2002, Flubber was everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but, so we've got the mixed up rooms, right? Yes. And now uh, Basil and Sybil, mm-hmm. in modern times, they're no longer roundheads and cavaliers, Yeah, are going to try and put those rooms back in the correct order. And that, if you imagine that... But not. But imagine it as a as a cube. What's happening to the guests while this is yeah. happening? Yeah, if if Manuel were perhaps going to attend right. to some business in one of the rooms and happened to be just on the threshold of the room as it was moved around, what would happen to Manuel? Is it possible? He, that, is it be, is it possible that Bernard Gribbins could be crushed in a dumb waiter? They could all be torn asunder. The um, but we don't know what happens within the Rubik's cube because all we can see is it's it's exterior. Okay. And its exterior is just bright colours. Mm. Right? Um, six surfaces of bright colour. Do you know what colour is? We, we've got a rudimentary understanding that different things look differently. Yeah. yeah. Like colour is, color is a, yeah. Bit, a big part of racism. Okay. <laughs> what? Um, what? And I... <laughs> Oh, and within, uh, and in a way, the Rubik's cube is when, when, um, when you a racist say, object. When you say that Basil, um, Basil and po- Polly are putting true, the... actually, because you're yeah. trying to put all the colours to it with each other. Well, that's what I was going to ask, is yeah. when you say the rooms have a right order, is that related to racism? It could be, actually, yes. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Richard. In this Rubik's cube hotel, for example, Manuel would not be allowed in the same wing of the hotel as Basil. <laughs> Right. It's yeah. I feel like we're t- yeah we're tackling mm. some weighty subjects, mm. and that's important. That's, yeah, we we want to. Um, Andy, could you sum up that weighty subject? Yeah. So a Rubik's cube is uh, when uh, the spider god rearranges faulty towers into a set order defined by race, <laughs> yes. in order to segregate it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. exactly. Thank you very much. That's, that's excellent. We are fascinated by people, ah. and we're fascinated by their behaviours. Uh, sure. Um, Ed, yeah. Um, if you could explain the following behaviour to me. Uh-huh. Um, could you explain to me what I would be doing if I was ghosting somebody? You've got three minutes. Your time starts now. So... So... 
You know what a ghost is, obviously. Um, no. no. Because, well, you should, because you know, thanks to me now, that Bonin Cribbins, though dead, used to be alive. And mm. what God is, mm. is, he's a ghost as well as a spider. So imagine if the spider was This wasn't, is new information. What imagine if the spider wasn't there anymore, but he sort of was. You basically couldn't see him. Right. He was dead. So he's everywhere, but you can't see him. He's everywhere, but you can't see him. But um, you, that's already true of the spider. Basically, right. he's his own son, and he's also a ghost, which is like a dead spider. And is Birded Cribbins the same as this? Yes, exactly <laughs> the same. So Bernard Cribbins is a ghost now, as is um, the the, Baz, the happy Basil Fawlty, who plays with Flubber. Right. Um, but Flubber is lives on presumably out there somewhere okay at large um (laughs) so uh if you imagine basically a ghost if you wanted to if you were chatting to somebody with the intention of um sitting naked on a table with them in faulty towers Mm -hmm. um for the rest of your lives together exclusively Mm -hmm. um and loving each other and getting married i suppose like basil and sybil are married Maybe settling down and owning a hotel, but you'd actually realise you didn't really like them that much, and they're texting you an awful lot. Like they're 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 getting in touch with you every which way, and eventually these messages pile up like luggage on a donkey, <laughs> <laughs> and you get sick of it. So what What's you do, texting? Yeah. Uh, so um, texting is like f- fuck, man. Like imagine uh, if you got any, any uh, what's texting? texting. Oh, you know the end of Forty Towers, right? Yeah, where everybody's name comes up yeah, on the right. screen. Imagine if you could send that to somebody else, but choose the words yourself, so you didn't have to just say. So you decide, John, please, what, what the credits in Forty Towers are every time. Yeah, okay. you decide what the credits of Forty Towers are and who sees mm-hmm. them. Okay, yeah, and do uh, they appear as quickly and on what? Um, any- Everyone has a small. Do you know when you see Forty Towers, you have you watch it on TV. Uh, we watched it on a screen. Yes, yeah, so everybody has yes. a small screen that you can use to set. And sometimes, sometimes people will send you messages from Forty Towers, and it's not even—it doesn't even say John Cleese. Sometimes the credits from Forty Towers can be a picture of a man's penis. Is um, when okay. you get that picture of a man's penis, then you ghost them because that's that's yeah, that's, okay. that's I was going to say, does the Faulty Towers theme music still play? Over? No, okay. it doesn't. It's very okay. somber and it's wrong to do. So when somebody sent you ghost somebody when they get too familiar and they send you pictures of their penis and it piles up on top of you like luggage on a donkey, and so you what you do is you kind of um, abstractly smash their communication network with you so they can no longer send you. Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you, Ed. Yeah. Thank you very much do, indeed. When you, when you do this, if if we're if the buckaroo um, idea holds true, do the messages that have piled up uh, fly off? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, imagine if, uh, imagine if the donkey had to carry that luggage with him forever and just try not to think about it. It's like that. That okay. seems unreasonable. Yeah. Um... Thank you, Ed. In that time, you've explained that ghosting someone is when you enter a state in which you are dead but still present after someone has gone from sending you the end credits of Faulty Towers to sending you a picture of their penis and at yes. that point, you destroy their ability to communicate. Yes. 
Thank you very much, Ed. Richard. Yeah. Could you please uh, explain to me what singing Christmas carols is? Uh, yes. In three, three minutes. minutes, starting now. Do you know what Christmas is? No. No. Do you know the big spider? Yep. Yep. Well, once he had a son. Do you know what son is? Earlier on, Ed said that he was his own son. Mm. Yeah. Well, he's not. (laughs) (laughs) So imagine the big spider created a a spider in his own image, smaller. Although his image, not in his own image exactly because he's a spider, but imagine um, he created something like... Would this be a, a, a smaller spider child that would be able to be caught in the Vatican. No, he The no. relationship between the big spider and the little spider is that in any way uh, similar to the relationship between the uh, inside sad Basil and the green Manuel. I don't want to upset you here but forget everything you think you know. <laughs> <laughs> that. Right. That really presents quite a serious problem for us. I know, I know. All right. Do you know what you are? Uh, we are clones of Alexander Bennett and Andy Barr, and yeah. that is all right. You know. So, um, so you are made, just made. Out of, imagine, imagine another man who is just made up. Okay. Right. Okay. And imagine that Does he made still up man. Have all his appendages. Made up man. He he has his appendages. He has. He needs two of them. Um, specifically, He's got um, two of them. He needs two specifically because eventually this man will upset all other men. So imagine Basil Faulty. Which, We're going which, back to Basil which is important to say that the, the sort of the, the top inch or so of one of his appendages has been peeled ever so slightly. Like a banana, like we had on Donkey Kong earlier on. So this is almost... Looks somewhat like this person looks like a clone, but he has a peeled banana for the fifth appendage, right? And this man... Has a lot to say for himself. <laughs> right. I, I can imagine why. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. He's it, it, got anyway. He, he, but eventually, he starts saying too much. Okay. Such um, as such as what sort of things do you say that's too much? Oh, he's saying ridiculous things like be be nice to everyone and. Okay. Uh, and he's also healing people. You know what healing is. Why can't he heal himself? <laughs> the peeled banana is um, a burden he must live with, like um, bu- <laughs> like Buckaroo. Um, <laughs> anyway, anyway, to cut it, do you know to get again again <laughs> a few seconds? Right, this guy. He's and Christmas carols are people. Uh, people sing songs about that guy. <laughs> Andy, yeah. Would you like to sum up what's just been said? <laughs> so the, uh, the 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 big the big spider that is God has invoked a second being who is not actually himself, but is a, is a separate being that has five five appendages. One of them has been. <laughs> Reduced slightly, um, 
and he's got a lot to say as a result of this, and then he starts saying too much, and then at some undefined later point, people sing songs, and that's what singing Christmas carols is. Yes. Thank you, Richard. One final area, myself and Andy. Yes. I think we've well, covered everything else. Yeah. yeah. We, we're, we're. I should say one thing. Go on. Just uh, before they start singing songs, mm. the, the man with the five appendages, one peely, peeled. Peely? Mm. peely. <laughs> Easy peeler. The, um, has been made a ghost like Bernard Cribbins. Okay. He's been drowned. Thank you. So. And uh, died like Bernard Cribbins as well. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So that's why they sing songs. <laughs> Do you have an example of one of the songs that they would sing about him I think getting drowned? Don't need too much explanation. Yeah, I don't think you'd really understand the lyrics because you don't know what anything is. Yeah, okay, like, sure. Do you know what a bell is? A, a silver bell? Oh, about this? No. Would you load it onto there the is a, Buckaroo? There is, there is yeah. a silver bell on Basil's desk. There is a silver bell on Basil's. So it's like that. Yeah, all right, Don- Donkey Kong merrily on high. You know how Donkey Kong's... Buckaroo's got a donkey in it. And uh, this guy, about the Christmas carol song guy, was his mum mm-hmm. rode a donkey. Was she too much for the donkey? or Did the donkey throw her off? On? Or yeah. did she have little luggage? Yeah, that's um, she, uh, she had three pieces of luggage that were given to her by three <laughs> Basil Faulties. <laughs> Who came from a long while? Basically, she went to loads of different Basil Fawlties, and they wouldn't let her stay. They yeah. kicked her out of Basil Fawlty yeah. Towers until one of the, one of the Sybils. In... Until one, like Noah's Ark, said, "Pop mm. yourself in here." Come into did, the barn. Did the rejections from the other Basil Fawlties establishments have anything to do with the racial balance of those establishments? Um, absolutely no idea. But a lot of Italians were the ones that killed this guy, and that's why we're saying that. Oh, so. Yeah, bunch, bunch of bunch of bunch of Manuel's. Bunch of Manuel's got him. Yeah, bunch of Eastern Manuel's got him. <laughs> so the final, yeah, aspect of human experience that we're looking to learn more about, of course, uh, is um, the world of humour, uh-huh. the world of comedy. Oh, you've come to the right place. Excellent. What Excellent. do you mean? Well, me and uh, me and Richard here are, are quite highly regarded as 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 comedians. So, okay. uh, in one sentence, what's a comedian? <laughs> this is for both of us, or just me? Just you? Just me? Just Ed or Richard? You know? Okay, so a comedian is one of you two. That's yeah. good. Okay. Great. Thank you. Numbers. Yeah, just the two of us. Um, no one else. <laughs> The jokes that we would like you to explain why they're funny mm-hmm. uh, were written by somebody called Rodney Dangerfield. Uh-huh. Ed. Yeah. Um, you're going to have three minutes to explain to me why the following joke is funny. Okay. <laughs> I tell you, it, is it getting hot in here or is it just me? <laughs> I tell you. So you should laugh at that because you'd probably know who Rodney Dangerfield is. No, we just know that yeah, oh. they wrote it's, these jokes. An accreditation. Well, normally, and I can't. That impression of Roger, Ronnie Dangerfield kills, and that's why I'm good. That's why I'm highly regarded. That impression of Rodney Dangerfield drowned Bernard Cribbins. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, he killed himself after he had Ronnie Dangerfield's material. <laughs> I looked up my family tree and yep. found out I was the sap. Explain why that's funny in three minutes starting now. <clears throat> so, it works on many levels, right? So, firstly... How many? Uh, at least two or three off the top of my head. Okay. Right. So, firstly, it's a wordplay, Joe. Level one. Level one. Sap is a colloquialism, <laughs> mm -hmm. meaning sort of idiot or like butt of the joke. So, for example, in Faulty Towers... Yes. Basil is often the sap because the joke's on him. You know, he's the one that gets the comeuppance at the end of the day. Yeah. He's a bit of a sap. Yeah. You know. That's the f so, you've got to bear that in mind when I tell you this next thing. A tree is full of something called is this, sap. Is this the second level or is this still this the first level? level? So, a tree is full of something called sap, right? Okay. Which in is the like same the, way the, the blood of a tree. The blood of a tree. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of, it looks a bit like flubber. Right. And it lives inside a tree and it's kind of like it's blood. Right? So there's always a tiny man wells inside a tree. <laughs> Basically, yeah, yeah. So, okay. and, and, but here's Could you, the. Could you. Sorry to go back on this, but you threw around the word colloquialism there. Mm. I need you to elaborate further on what that means. It's like a slang word. So a, di a different word. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So, for example, instead of calling Basil faulty Basil, you might call him. Baz for short, but more chilled out. Do you and I mean? and who would use the colloquialism sap? Americans, as we mentioned earlier, like uh, Happy Basil Faulty is oh, so right. Happy okay. Basil Faulty was an American. He would have okay. used the words like so. He's from a different place to the man Wells. He's yeah, from a different yeah, kind yeah. of country. So, mm -hmm. so, um, so basically, uh, family tree is a way of articulating your. History. So, for example, in your family tree would be Andy Barr because he sort of was your progenitor mm -hmm. from his cells uh, you were born. Okay. Right? Yeah. And as a tree has branches, a family tree has branch. A family tree also has branches mm. of the family, as we said, colloquialism branch of the family. Why? Um, just because families are big. Yeah, it's not just one straight line. So he's saying he's not even a branch of the family. He's the sap inside the tree. It's like he's a sap. Like he's an idiot, but he's not even on the family. He's like inside the tree, like a loser. So this is this is level. quite a hard concept to understand. So he's saying that he's not one of the branches. He's inside all of his family tree. He lives inside the tree. Yeah. He, he's right. the Manuels. Yeah, he's okay. no, he's yes, he's basically the Manuels. Okay, mm -hmm. um, that's level one. That was level two. That was level, level level one is that he's a sap, right? And level yeah. two is the sap of the tree, mm. and. So he's what like a, a sap. He lives inside the tree. He's not even a branch of the family tree because he's so pathetic. He's such a sap. Right. And he doesn't get any respect from so his the wife close, either. So the closer that you get to the Just like Basil Fawlty. The centre of the tree, the more pathetic something is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And okay. uh, how would he become a branch rather than the sap? He'd have to have um, sex. Okay. Thank you. Probably Thank, you. With <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Ed. In that time. Um, or adopt. You've... <laughs> Explained the reason I looked up my family tree and found out I was the sap. The reason that's funny is because the word sap is the word for people who are the butt of the joke, like Basil Faulty, mm. and also the word for the blood of a tree, uh -huh. which is many Manuels. Uh -huh. and, and Rodney's. And uh, Rodney Dangerfield aspires to have sex to leave the tree and either have sex and have a baby or adopt hmm. so you can become a branch of the tree thank you thank you
Richard. Yeah. Please could you uh, in three minutes tell me why the following joke is funny. The other night, a mugger took off his mask and made me wear it. You've got three minutes. Your time starts now. Ah, it took me a while to get it myself. <laughs> ah, yeah, I see. I, I, I think I've got it. Good. It's all, I, I, can't, all I can't describe a joke in levels like Ed because I am not that technically gifted. But, all right. Um, in this case, a mugger. Do you know what a mugger is? No. No. All right. Imagine you... You know, every time you... Oh, you imagine a reverse do, um, buckaroo. Reverse buckaroo. So where things fly on to... No, you're t- taking things off the donkey. Right. Okay. But imagine that the donkey doesn't want you to take them things off. And he's and like, so it really is a reverse it's buckaroo. The exact yeah, it is yeah. the opposite. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the donkey wants to keep these things on, and you're like, no, I'm having them. Like um, you're taking them off. And, okay. Like, okay. Anyway, imagine that donkey with who, who loves all his things and wants to keep them hmm. in an alleyway. Do you know what an alleyway is? No. All right. Um, but you know what a building is because yeah. you know... Faulty Towers. Faulty Towers is about right. a building. Yeah. So imagine, you know what uh, an, you know an anus is, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> imagine... <laughs> I've, I've not seen one in Faulty Towers, <laughs> so I, I, I'm afraid I can't. Say that I know what an anus is. Well, do you know what uh, a ho- you know what a whore? A- There's a sink in um, Faulty Towers. Yeah. Right. Imagine. <laughs> Bam- Bam- really? Well, you know the. Imagine I must say, if Richard, Basil Faulty had one of a sink with a hole on it on the back of his where his bottom should be, whereas at the top of his legs. Okay. So at the top of Basil Fault's legs, there's mm-hmm. a sink with a hole in it, like, right. but it's made out of flesh, like the rest of Basil Faulty. Right now, this is the this is an he's, anus, he's, right? He's got a sink. Now, he's got a sink made of flesh. Imagine that anus was yeah made out of bricks. <laughs> <laughs> but you just said it was made out yeah, of flesh. Yeah, but you got to change it. You got to so like so the rest of all. In towers. order to understand an alleyway, you have to go from a sink <laughs> to an anus to, to yeah. some sort of brick construction. All right, so anyway, in this anus, right, this brick anus, mm. there is the donkey that wants to keep all his things. Which is also us. Yeah, the donkey is, is Rodney, Rodney Dangerfield. How's he got in there? <laughs> Forget that. <laughs> but there's another donkey in there <laughs> with Rodney, right. but this donkey doesn't have anything on its back. Your time's up. Thank, Thank you. you, Richard. Thank you. <laughs> well... If you wanted to know what an anus was, uh, help with that bit. Well, I'm afraid your time is up, Richard. Um, Andy, summarise what's just been said. So, the joke, the other night a mugger took off his mask and made me wear it, is funny because um, it uh, requests that one conceptualise a sink which becomes a Basil Faulty's anus, which then becomes an alleyway made of bricks, within which uh, 
Rodney Dangerfield exists as a donkey. <laughs> there is another donkey in there who wants to take Rodney Dangerfield's things. Yes. And that's it. Uh, yeah, getting close, wasn't I? Yeah, pretty. What, who, is, is that joke that you just read, is that by Rodney Dangerfield as well? Yeah. Both of the jokes are by Rodney so Dangerfield. That's a good one. Yeah. I like that one. For the yeah. reasons that Richard outlined. It's even funnier after he explained it. But, yeah. Ed's not, Ed's not operating on my levels as a comedian. Well, <laughs> well, if it was even funnier, perhaps, Richard, you could work with Rodney Dangerfield and explain all of his jokes. Mm. Rodney Dangerfield is a ghost, oh, like Bernard right. Cribbins yeah. and God. Okay. Andy. Yes. At the end of all of that, who do you think has provided the most satisfactory explanations? Well, good lord, it's um, it's one hell of a tough call here. Mm, um, I'd agree. I think I've learned a huge amount. Yes. Um, however, the only person who, um, of, of the two people explaining things to us, who requested at some point that we forget everything that we know, <laughs> was was Richard. And I would suggest that that is detrimental to the uh, the purpose of the experiment. And as such, I will have to say that Ed's explanations were the most satisfactory. Uh, whilst I, I'm sure you'll agree, Andy, we're very appreciative of the effort that Richard put in and enjoyed Correctly. many of his explanations. At the point he said, forget everything that you know, uh, that is literally the opposite of what we're trying to yeah. achieve here. Um, so I will have to agree with you in, in saying that Ed's explanations uh, have been the most satisfactory. Happy to have won by default. <laughs> If only um, you could have won on your own merit. <laughs> yeah, someday. Um, Ed Knight and Richard Todd, thank you very much indeed. Thank, thank you so much. For thank you so much. Oh. Oh, no. Am I meant to react to? Oh, oh, God. Bloody hell. Oh, fuck's sake. Clean it off. <laughs> You have been listening to Born Yesterday, featuring Andy Barr and me, Alexander Bennett. I created the show, and Steve Pretty composed the music. If you've enjoyed the show, please tell people about it. Follow us on social media, and leave us a five-star review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.